Good morning. You're listening to My Rapids Real Estate Show on AM 1320 WFHR, your weekly radio show focusing on real estate, the market, and everything related to housing in central Wisconsin. So welcome back. I'm Ben. And I'm Carrie Nikolai. And we're with Codal Banker Seward Realtors here in Wisconsin Rapids. Carrie's the agent. And you are my husband and my licensed assistant. There you go. It All keeps right. working out like that. It does. So in May is National Police Week. and we, I believe it's the 9th through the 15th. Very good. Okay. Yes. So we wanted to bring in, you know, a lot of people think that Wisconsin Rapids, you know, city and um, they know the police chief, but there are a lot of other smaller municipalities that have police departments around. So we wanted to spread the love. All right. I love spreading the love. So in the studio, we have Mel, Chief Peterson from Grand Rapids. Excellent. Welcome. Well, welcome. Well, thank you for the invitation. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's good to get out and, and uh, like you said, spread the love around a little bit and, and uh, to, the, to the smaller departments. But uh, I really appreciate you asking me to be on and, and talk a little bit about uh, Grand Rapids. So, so no, back when, a little, little bit about me, um, I was kind of curious about the law enforcement stuff way back in high school in the late 90s. And back then, Grand Rapids used to have an explorer post. Right. And was kind of involved with that and it's sort of, you know, a Boy Scout activity. So that mm-hmm. was pretty cool. But the Grand Rapids Police Department is a pretty lengthy history. I mean, the, the department's been around for quite a while. Right. Uh, I, I don't know exactly when it started, but I remember I, I'm originally from the area. So I grew up in the Vesper area on, okay. the, on the west side of uh, Wisconsin Rapids. So born and raised there, went to high school here. And from as far back as I can remember, uh, Grand Rapids started out basically with one officer, a police chief, and it's grown now to to what we have today, which is uh, myself and five full-time officers. And then we also have uh, a part-time staff that we use to uh, fill uh, shifts when our full-time officers go on vacation or have sick leave or training or uh, whatever that would take them away from their normal duties, we use that part-time staff to uh, fill our shifts. And then, of course, we have our two administrative assistants in the front office that uh, also uh, uh, do uh, a lot of the administrative work that's necessary with uh, for the police department. So, uh, that's where we currently currently stand for um, from the for the Grand Rapids Police Department. Now, does the Grand Rapids Police Department do they have a canine unit? We do not. Uh, at one time, and this is before I I came here as the police chief back in January of 2014. So I just started my what eighth year here as the the police chief. Nice. Okay, and. Uh, they did have a canine unit prior to me getting here. Uh, that uh, canine and that officer uh, handler uh, went to the Wood County Sheriff's Department, and of course the dog went with them. So uh, we, and I don't recall exactly how long it was here. I want to say maybe a couple years. And yeah, then, it wasn't too uh, long, I, I don't yeah, think, but a right, few years. Right, mm-hmm. uh, That uh, they ended up going then to the Wood County Sheriff's Department, and uh, we just haven't uh, uh, f- filled that uh, position yet. Position for K-9. Now, what, what ha- has been done, though, is uh, uh, Nakusa now has a K-9 Mm-hmm. And Rap- Wisconsin Rapids still has a couple canine, uh, and also Wood County Sheriff's Department uh, has uh, additional canines. And uh, usually on whatever shift throughout the, the day and throughout the week, usually there's a canine available with one of those uh, uh, local uh, uh, jurisdictions that we can 
call upon to assist us if they're available. So it works out real well. Uh, all of our agencies here in Southwood County or all of Wood County for that matter work really well together. Uh, and anytime we need a specialty like that, because mm-hmm. obviously Grand Rapids, we just don't have the, the, uh, the budget, so to speak, to really be able to do a lot of these specialty items like canine units or um, like a SWAT unit or a SRT unit or something like that. Uh, so we we have to rely on those agencies to to assist us, and they're more than willing to help out. And uh, we all, like I said, we all work just great together. So, is there plans to bring in a canine, or with just the surrounding? Uh, units, you you feel like you're, it's pretty comfortable and uh, yeah. not something we're looking at at that at this particular point, but maybe ten years down the road we'll right get a, right get a now we're, yeah right now I think there's other priorities that I okay. that I'm probably looking at uh, other than a canine. Uh, so as long as we have that support from from other agencies, then uh, uh, I think there's other things that. Uh, uh, are best addressed right now than than a canine unit so okay so one of the really great things that grand rapids has is lake wazicha right so does your department train for water issues i mean i know that 64 it looks like you can go and you can jump the lake i mean (laughs) right every single time i mean i can see the traffic on the other side of the lake that that's going through and it's like oh all i have to do is just cross the lake and it's been tried it's been tried so do you guys train for water emergencies or is that where you rely primarily on the wood county rescue squad the well wood county rescue squad would play an integral role in in any type of water rescue or if we had a boating accident on Lake Wazicha, things like that. Uh, the DNR, we would rely on them very heavily also. And, um, but uh, just last summer, our, uh, our Grand Rapids Fire Department uh, invested in a a boat and and motor for for water rescue on Lake Wazicha. So um, they've done some training on that. I think they got some a little bit more training. Uh, we want to train with them so that we have the capability to assist if you know if that uh, watercraft is ever needed for an emergency, a, a boating accident of some kind, or. Or during the winter months, you have, you know, a snowmobile go through the ice or a four-wheeler or something mm-hmm. go through the ice or you need some kind of cold water rescue as well during the winter. You know, we have that option and we want to train with them uh, too. So we're familiar with it so we can help out and, uh, uh, you know, execute any type of uh, uh emergency situation that that we may come across on on Lake Wazicha. So that's been a great asset to uh, our our fire department, to the the Grand Rapids Fire Department and our police department so that we can, you know, do a lot of training together and and, uh, be able to execute those type of, uh, uh, you know, water rescues or Mm -hmm. ice rescues or cold water rescues, whatever the case may be. So... That's one of the neat things I really like about our small town, um, how we work together. Uh, you right. see a lot of larger departments that, you know, the police officers might just be, I'm handling traffic and the, everyone else just do your own specific job and I'll be here. Yeah. You know, yeah. but in Grand Rapids, we see a lot of uh, right. interconnection and, and right. crossing over. Right. Um, are, are the officers also medically trained? Several of our officers have... Uh, advanced medical training, EMTs and things like that. Um, uh, so our officers, wh- when, whenever there's an a ambulance call or a medical call in Grand Rapids, if the police officer is not busy on another call, typically we, we respond also if nothing more than to help carry a cot out. We have some residents in the town, uh, I can think of a two couple right off the top of my head where you need extra manpower just to navigate a stairway mm-hmm. or uh, uh, 
some other obstacles within that house that you need all the bodies you can get just to get that uh, that patient down either a stairway or through a confined area, you know, safely. So um, if at all possible, uh, like I said, if we're not under the cover, we, we always respond to a medical call. And, and like you said, in a lot of larger jurisdictions, you don't see that, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, for lack of, you know, a, a better term, you know, a lot of times the medical personnel don't want the police officer responding because then that, uh, it kind of elevates the situation that you don't need it. Yeah. That, you know, they're, they're trying to look out for their job positions within, you know, whatever category or whatever division it falls under for a bigger city. So they don't, you know, uh, they, they have to justify their manpower and their budget. And and so, Mm -hmm. you know, EMTs or medical staff, they do their thing and law enforcement does their and they should never combine. Well, and when you're working in a smaller community, you know, you'd need all the resources you can get. And so we have our United Ambulance based right here in Grand Rapids. And then you have our um, first responders through the the uh, Grand Rapids Fire Department. And then, like I said, then we have us police officers, which uh, a couple of them are are trained EMTs, or I don't know it, off the top of my head. I don't recall exactly what their certifications are, uh, but they, uh, you know, they're they're trained for those medical emergencies too. So uh, that that we respond to help out. One of the questions, uh, moving on to a little bit different topic. Okay. One of the questions that we get often from our um, new homeowners and buyers are, is this a safe neighborhood? And, you know, we, we can't really speak to that as real estate agents. And Mm -hmm. I think it really comes down to a personal level of what do you feel is safe? Mm -hmm. But I, I think Grand Rapids is a a pretty safe place all around. Right. Uh, just recently within the last uh, two or three weeks, um, SafeWise puts out their safest city reports for the state of Wisconsin. And they also do, I think all 50 states, except maybe, I think there was a couple of them that they, uh, they don't do, but, uh, uh, and Grand Rapids was this year for 2021 was ranked the sixth safest city in Wisconsin. Oh, wow. wow. So, uh, the last three years, we've we've been in the top ten. Uh, last year, for 2020, we were ranked tenth. In 2019, we were actually rated the safest city in Wisconsin. Okay, we had the number one rating. So uh, the last three years have been uh, uh, kept us in the in the top ten, and uh, I think that's something that uh, we can all be proud of. Not only uh, the police department, but the everybody that works in the town mm-hmm. that includes the the fire department and all the volunteers there you know our town crew our admin staff you know all of the the uh uh people associated with the town of grand rapids that we all uh getting back to your comment about how everybody has to pitch in and help out and stuff well our you know mm-hmm. a couple of our town crew guys are work are also volunteer firemen so you know, it really does uh, 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 take a whole town to 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 come up with a, a, a rating like that. So, uh, I guess we're pretty proud of that, and and uh, hopefully keep it going. And yes, and, that would be uh, great. Uh, something to uh, I know uh, Arnie Nystrom, our town chairman, you know, has. Uh, uh, we'll put that out on our town website and our town Facebook page and things like that. So uh, uh, number six in Wisconsin is is a pretty pretty good accomplishment. It is a great achievement. Yeah, yeah. So well, great. Um, so as far as providing services to the town, um, we we see law enforcement out, you know, in the squad cars with decals on and all that jazz and pulling people over. Cause that's, you know, we're all always on the roadway. Mm. What else does your department 
do? I mean, if we're thinking of, you know, what does a police officer do? What do you do in a small town? Right, right. Uh, you know, the, the town of Grand Rapids, we don't have uh, a whole lot of businesses. We, we do have some, uh, but we're primarily a residential uh, community. Sure. You know, we have our homes. A lot of people reside here in Grand Rapids, uh, but they may work as far north as Wausau. You know, I, those families that uh, uh, they live in the town of Grand Rapids, but they 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 work up in Wausau. Uh, <clears throat> they may work anywhere in Southwood County. Uh, some people commute to Stevens Point, Plover area, but they live in in Grand Rapids. So um, that's our, I guess, number one thing is is the fact that we're a residential community. So a lot of the crime that we see here, it has to do with property crime. And we do, uh, uh, when people go on vacation, they can come into the municipal building and request uh, home protection uh, while they're gone. And, and uh, we'll, we'll check that uh, again. A lot of that will depend on the officer availability, but sure. we at least mm -hmm. still try to get out and check those residences. Uh, people, sometimes they, you know, winter down in Florida or Arizona or someplace warm and uh, get out of the cold weather for a while. So we'll, we'll do even do those extended uh, home protections and, and uh, try to give people a little... Uh, comfort knowing that, you know, we're, we're checking their property from time to time. And now do you like respond back? So say we were going to leave for two months because we're going to go down to Arizona. Do sure. you send us like a notice that, Hey, Ben and Carrie, you know, drove by the house, all yeah. looked good or Ben and Carrie, we noticed a window is broken. Yeah. You know, if, if something is out of place, say we f find a broken window or a, maybe a door that's kicked in or a door that's under, uh, not secure, uh, on that home protection request, you can either give like your contact numbers where, where you're at, and a lot of people will provide a local contact. So if we find something out of place or uh, maybe some damage, uh, uh, like a door or window broken or something like that, you know, there's somebody locally we can contact that can come over and, and secure it, you know, get that home secured again. And, uh, but... Um, but also we would reach out to the actual homeowner too and let them know what we found or whatever. And, and, uh, if they didn't provide a, a local point of contact, you know, at that point we try to get somebody local so that they could come over and, and secure it. So we would secure it as best we could, but, uh, you know, it may not be enough to, uh, to make it secure. So, uh, that's all on the form. The form is pretty uh, explanatory. It's just one sheet. And uh, and what we do is we wouldn't contact the homeowners every time we do a check. Sure. But we do document it on that form. Oh, okay. Okay. So we'll put down a date and a time and what officer checked it. And uh, so that way, if... Uh, we go back, we say we check it one day and then maybe a few days later or something, some, another officer's checking it and they find something. Well, now we have a little bit of time frame where we can say, okay, we checked it on this date and everything was fine. Okay. Now we're checking it three, four, five days later, whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. Now we have a time frame where we can say, okay, it was, it's, something happened here within the last however many days and we can start our investigation if one is needed to uh you know uh find out who may have done it or or you know what the circumstances were that uh, the window got broken or damaged or whatever awesome that so, that is actually pretty cool yeah yes yeah. so it works out and we uh we do it's probably one of our more uh popular uh items that that we do for people to uh you know while they're gone and it and it may be just something where uh they're going to be out of town for a weekend or something mm -hmm. okay uh 
just to let us know that, okay, there's nobody there or there should be nobody there. And even if we're driving by and maybe we're not physically getting out and checking the residence, but if we drive drive by and there's a suspicious vehicle in the driveway mm-hmm. and the people, we know the people are supposed to be gone that weekend, you know, we can stop and kind of investigate a little bit more and see what's going on. So uh, just knowing when certain people, you know, when your neighbors are going to be out of town and uh, nobody should be around there is uh, is always good for us to know. So if something suspicious is going on in your neighborhood that uh, we become aware of it. Awesome. So. Um, I know Grand Rapids is kind of the, the sleepy little pass through town. You know, we've got Highway 54 coming through and um, yeah. from the south as, as well. We border Portage County. Um, so a lot of things come through there's a lot of traffic like i said and um perhaps mm-hmm. you know drug crimes might not be happening here but they're coming through mm-hmm. and one of the things that you as a police chief i'm sure do is work with the county as well um so there's what the drug task force and i know there's a traffic safety committee from the county mm-hmm. can you speak to what those are about sure uh yeah we're uh a member of the uh, Central Wisconsin Drug Task Force, and it encompasses quite a large area, Central Wisconsin, uh, kind of south, what it would be, southeastern a little bit, Washera County, Wapaka County. Uh, so it does incorporate a quite a large area, and, and we're part of that. So if uh, uh, there again, that's a good example of multiple different agencies coming together to uh, assist each other uh, when you have some type of major, you know, drug case that you're working. Because today's society, you're, everybody's very mobile. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. it's nothing to make a drug run down to, say, Chicago or Milwaukee or over to Minneapolis and bring those drugs into our area. And uh, like you said, they're, they got to travel those main thoroughfares generally to get their product, you know, to the area and then distribute it within the area. So uh, having a drug task force that like that, uh, once you start comparing notes with other agencies and and you start hearing and seeing the same names and in, you know individuals involved and things like that, it, you realize how small the world can be sometimes. Oh, it's just a coincidence. Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, no. exactly. And uh, so that that helps out. Um, the uh, uh, the other thing you brought up was the uh, traffic. Okay, so. We, uh, email just came out earlier this week. Uh, typically, Wood County has a some type of uh, speed, uh, uh, what do I want to, how do I want to phrase it here, um, initiative through the summer okay. to address speeding. And most of those target the the heavily traveled thoroughfares like you're saying highway 54 <coughs> excuse me uh highway 13 coming in from the south mm-hmm. uh which also plays into grand rapids for a part of the distance there so you have those main thoroughfares and typically that's where the speed enforcement uh initiatives focus and most of those are uh, come through Wisconsin Department of Transportation, but ultimately they're funded by the federal government. So the federal government puts out these funds to the states for the speed enforcement initiatives, and then the state divvies them out to the different uh, uh, localities to uh, hopefully, you know, uh, rein in some of the the speeding that goes on. And then, of course, uh, throughout the year, uh, 
they have these national initiatives, Drive Sober. That's a couple yeah. times a year. The Buckle Up yeah, Safety One that click they it, have. Click it or yep. ticket. Okay. Gosh, so, that's been around for ages. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Those of all, uh, and they're still here. And they're very effective, too. I mean, these are all national initiatives. And I think uh, not only locally here do we promote when we when we participate, but I think the, the state uh, of Wisconsin does an excellent job. I mean, you see the, the advertisements on TV, on radio all mm-hmm. the time. And, uh, uh, you know, they they do a very good job of promoting it and trying to get people to wake up and, and buckle up, number one, and then, of course, drive sober and... And, uh, and then slow down. And slow down, well, exactly. Well, it's always kind of hard on those back, you know, those backcountry <laughs> roads where you just, you know, it's a nice lazy day, 55 seems pretty cool, yeah. and not realizing that you're really in a 35-mile-an-hour zone. 35, exactly. Because you're like, it's the back roads, yeah. you know, it's County Road Z, yeah. and that is a 55, yeah. but wait, it's really 35. Well, but... I think what people don't realize is even in in the town of Grand Rapids, we have some of our uh, main thoroughfares that can be very dangerous. Uh, Just to name a few, 48th Street. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. 48th Street, uh, uh, right by our municipal building there along that stretch. Um, Probably 48th and Griffith as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got Griffith Avenue, you got Whit Rock, okay, yep. you have Airport Avenue, all those, um, what do I want to say, east west roads like Griffith and Whit Rock and Airport, okay, they all intersect with 48th Street, which is the north and south. And uh, especially during, and, and then of course, Kellner Road, can't forget about Kellner Road. You know, those are, uh, I I kind of passionately refer to them as our problem children, but the people are not paying attention. And before you know it, you know, whether it's a 40 mile an hour zone or a 45 mile an hour zone, next thing you know, they're up over 55, 60 miles an hour mm-hmm. and they don't even realize it. And then you stop them and pull them over and they said, yeah, I I was zoning out or I was daydreaming or thinking about something else, you know, and they don't realize how uh, fast they were going. And, you know, the, 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 the dangerous. Well, you get, you get stuck behind that Sunday driver in the morning who's going 35 yeah. You get that opportunity to pass, and you just lay it on, just pedal yeah. to the metal, and next thing you know, yeah, you're you're up at that fifty, right? And not realizing because now you're trying to make up that time because we got the Sunday driver behind us, yeah, yeah. And then we get to meet you guys, right? And what what's interesting, and I I've used this example with other people too. You know, you're going if you go to the speed limit. Or if you're going 10 or 15 miles over the speed limit, the end result is seconds to your destination, literally, you know, especially in this area. You know, you really don't have a lot of traffic congestion here. Uh, You know, I spent over 20 years prior to coming here as a police chief, I did... Uh, 20 some years in federal government, and, and most of that was spent in the Chicago area. And uh, I was in Charlotte, North Carolina for four years as well. And, uh, you know, uh, people think they have traffic problems here. I don't think so. We you don't know, really have no, a whole No, you lot. don't. You know, so you, you think about it, you know, you're going, you're, you're putting yourself and others in jeopardy by going, you know, 10, 15, 20 miles over the speed limit in a basically residential or a residential community. Okay. Mm-hmm. Even these main thoroughfares, you know, they have houses. And some, like, especially yeah. on 48th, there's yeah. short driveways. They're not yeah. long driveways kind of leading back into something. Right. They're short driveways. They're right out by the, 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 the roadway and, or not far off the roadway. And, you know, by going that, fast in a residential area, 
you're really putting yourself and others in jeopardy. And the, the other big thing, too, now that we're coming into the, uh, the summer months is, you know, because we are a residential community, a lot of people are out walking, yeah. running, riding their bicycles, or, or just, you know, out for a stroll. And when you start combining those type of aggressive driving behaviors along with whether it be pedestrian traffic or bicycle traffic, you know, those, that's not a good situation either. No, and, and we, uh, we live a half a mile from the lake and we just started walking down to the lake every single, yeah. you know, a couple times this, so far this year when it's been not snowing. Right. But, you know, there's not much of a roadway. So when no. you're walking, the two of us, no. you know, someone's on that, on that small little edge, someone's on the road yeah. and there's not much room. And if cars yeah. are not going into the other lane or slowing right. down, it's, it's, is a little bit alarming and kind of concerning yeah. of, well, yeah. what do we do here? It's Yeah, it's, like I said, uh, you know, I spend a lot of time, I, I like to ride bike. And so I spend a lot of time, uh, I try to do my route so I'm staying off of some of the main thoroughfares as much as possible. But in s some aspects, you can't avoid them either. But uh, uh, I, I would say, in general, you know, the majority of the drivers are out there courteous and they'll slow down yeah. and they'll move into the other lane and stuff like that. But uh, uh, every so often uh, you have a knucklehead out there. Yeah, who just kind of crosses that envelope. Yep, yep. That uh, sometimes you wonder if they even saw you. And, yeah. And I've, I've, I've seen that over and over and over again when I stop people that, uh, you know, they had no idea how fast they were going. Sometimes they, you even wonder if they knew what street they were on because they were so zoned out that uh, thinking about other things that... Well, uh, we got the day and age of the GPS where we just follow the blue line on yeah. the screen. So we're kind of following the screen, but we're not really paying attention because it's where like, okay, at. how many roads am I supposed to get to? Yeah. So you're counting yeah. the number of roads versus looking at what's going on in front of you. Yeah. And, and I think our cars are so much quieter now yeah. as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, you got your electric cars and, and somebody on a bike or walking, they can't hear you Surprise, coming up right? behind you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, and even but, just sitting as a driver inside the cab, we're isolated from all the road noise around us. Mm -hmm. And you just, it's easier to get zoned out or especially yeah. if you had a good day and you're, you're feeling euphoric and happy about what the rest of the day was. And you just want to get home to tell yeah. your, everybody else how great of a day it was. Yeah. It it's I'd like to put a little plug in here too that yeah. um, every year in our spring newsletter uh, that comes out you know I try to put out there that you know bicyclists ride with traffic just as if you were in a car okay and they gotta obey stop signs and any other signs that are out there and time and time again. You know, I can be sitting at a one of our intersections that's a four-way stop or a two-way stop or whatever and be right there and somebody riding their bike just pedals right through a stop sign. So I got to get out and remind them that, hey, you know, stop signs, traffic laws when you're on a bicycle are the same as if basically you were in your vehicle. You yeah. got to stop for stop signs and things like that. And... uh you know, so okay, so on people. the bicycle, I'm gonna ask this question because I am the old school where you know you grew up riding your bicycle down the dirt road yeah. and never wore a helmet because it wasn't wasn't something we did. Right. So nowadays, is it legal to ride a bicycle without a helmet, or is a helmet required? A helmet is not required. Okay, so it's, it's not required. Strongly encouraged. Okay. Especially for, for the younger kids. You oh, know, yes, they fall you know. a little bit more often. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, I always try to wear a helmet, you know, but uh, it's not, uh, it, it's not required, but uh, strongly encouraged. And, uh, you know, and then for my next point then, it, 
is with the walkers and the runners. Now they should be on the side of the street against traffic. Okay, so they should be just the opposite. When you're out walking and running, you should be walking and the the traffic should be coming at you. So uh, uh, remind that a lot, people too, that, and again, especially on these high traffic areas where you have a lot of traffic and people are out walking or running along the side of the road, Make sure you're going against traffic when you're walking and and uh, or jogging or or whatever. That way you can see that traffic coming at you. And if somebody should, you know, start coming towards the shoulder, it gives you an opportunity to, uh, you know, get to a little safer position or whatever. Mm-hmm. And stay off your phones. <laughs> Stay off your cell phones. Distractions are in yeah. every facet of yeah motivation, I guess. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. One of my passions is uh, working with the DOT with the motorcycle safety um, sure. aspects. Yep. And so I, I sit in with the Traffic Safety Commission meetings mm-hmm. quite often. It's really interesting this last year how, e- you know, with the pandemic, the amount of driving or the, you know, miles driven have been down. Mm-hmm. But the severity of crashes seems to yeah. have risen a little bit with automobiles and motorcycles and pedestrian bicyclists mm-hmm. as well, too. Exactly. Exactly. So. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I didn't bring any of those stats with me tonight. But, yeah, that's what they're finding, that uh, with the pandemic and everything, you know, people aren't driving as many miles. But, uh, the, like you said, that those severity of accidents is has gone up. Uh, uh, and I don't know if they've really come up with a, a logical reason or, or whatever, and maybe that's something they're still studying. I'm not sure, but uh, I, I kind of liken as um, I've been talking to some of my friends on the Wood County Rescue Squad. Right. It seems like the severe crashes, the really really severe ones, happen on beautiful, bright, sunshiny Saturday afternoons. Yeah. Because that's when. You know, you're you're the happiest, you're the most distracted, and so you may be pushing that gas pedal a little bit. You might not be in the normal car that you drive or whatever, and so you're not used to where you're going. You're going to somewhere different versus when it's in the middle of winter and you know it's snowstorming out, you're focused on driving well so that you can make it right. through the snowstorm. Right, right, right. Different it, dynamics. Th- th- that's kind of interesting that you brought that up because when in the spring— you know, you get that first warm, sunny day and all those problem areas that we have in the town of Grand Rapids that I was talking about. When, when you get that first warm, sunny day, like you said, and all of a sudden it's like everybody's got their foot to the floor because <laughs> it's just, you know, I, I don't it's know. It's time to roll down the windows, feel the, the nice breeze. I, I don't know yep. what it warming is. Warming your face and not yeah. hurting your face. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is, but you, you're absolutely right. You you start getting those nice, warm, sunny days. And man, I tell you, the the gas pedals are uh, really, really mashed at that point. And yes. uh, you, you definitely see the difference. But then you get a, like, Today, a cool day, a little overcast, and and people slow back down again. But, you know, the next warm, sunny day we hit, you know, especially now that's been cool again, I'm sure it, everybody will just be... Uh, excited. They must be excited about the, <laughs> the warm, sunny weather or whatever, feeling good, because uh, it, it's really interesting that how that trend works, you know. Mm-hmm. So... So now in Grand Rapids, we seem to have a lot of activities. Um, so we got the water ski tournament. Uh, there's right. a lot of camping over at the county park. Mm-hmm. Um, over, you know, White Sands is pretty active, and especially now that they're going to open up soon, probably next month, I think. Uh, yeah, I haven't heard of exact opening day yet, but I anticipate they'll be opening up uh, very shortly. So, you know, and the mini golf and all that jazz. Yep. Um, so, what are your favorite events and activities to look forward to, especially in the summertime? Okay. Uh, well, the the biggest one, obviously, is the uh, Wisconsin State Water Ski Show uh, tournament that they have at Red Sands every year, uh, what, middle of July. And uh, 
you know, that's always uh, a big attraction. And, uh, uh, you know, unfortunately, it's had to skip a year last year with mm-hmm, COVID mm-hmm. and everything. But, but uh, we still had our, our storms that weekend. So yeah. <laughs> it always seems like, you know, water ski weekend, we always have some big storms. That's it right. did, you know, the storms were still there. So, I mean, yeah. it, it was like it was still happening. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, so that, that obviously, that's our big one. And we uh, we always have a lot of events around the lake area. A uh, lot of your charities and, and organizations that have their, uh, you know, 5K run walks and things like that. Uh, and the car you know, crews. And the car crews. Uh, all those types of activities kind of center around Lake Wazicha and, uh, uh, you know, it makes it a very, usually... On a weekend, there's usually something going on there, and uh, it uh, uh, you know really brings in different crowds and and things like that to the area. Uh, we have our Grand Rapids Auxiliary that we use for a lot of these events. Um, they're a volunteer organization that uh, helps out for usually crowd control and traffic. Uh, uh, direction uh, during these events, especially during the state water ski uh, show, the um, the car crews uh, they'll be out helping direct traffic uh, along the route that uh, they take uh, for their crews, uh, and uh, sometimes they're requested even for a five k uh, around Lake Wazicha at a couple of the intersections where. Uh, uh, the runners and walkers have to cross like down by the boat landing on 64th Street there. Okay. Uh, a lot of times they'll ask for some auxiliary help there. Uh, and a lot of times they'll ask for it if they uh, can't provide their own like uh, crossing guards or, or uh, help at those types of intersections. So, sure. Um, so, you know, our Grand Rapids Auxiliary is is a very... Uh, valuable asset to our police department, and uh, uh, especially during the the uh, uh, summer months when all these extra activities are going on, uh, we use them. Halloween, when the kids are out trick or treating, mm-hmm. uh, we'll have our auxiliary come in and just uh, uh, have another some more uh, another squad out on the street to, for visibility and let people know that we're out there and and trying to keep everybody safe uh, at uh, during the holidays our auxiliary uh, puts on the helping hands uh, uh, benefit where we help out families in the town of Grand Rapids that uh, may uh, not be as uh, uh, what do I want to say you know, in a situation. They just need a little helping hand. Yeah, exactly. For the holidays. And, uh, they, if they have young kids or or children or something, we try to, uh, provide them so they can all have a, uh, uh, a decent Christmas with gifts for the kids. And then also we help them out with, uh, either, uh, gift baskets or, or, um, uh, uh, Gift food certificates from a local grocery store where they can go out and buy food for a, a like a Christmas uh, dinner or something like that. So uh, they're very active and that's been very supportive. And on top of that, the uh, the local community are the ones that do the donations to uh, be able to put that on. So you have to thank all our. Uh, local community individuals, as long as as well as businesses in the area, that help support that helping hands initiative every every holiday season and uh, brighten up uh, a couple, few families' uh, holiday spirits a little bit during the holidays. So, so does Grand Rapids work with the school districts of you know going in and getting to know the the kids so that way you know. In an emergency or something like that, they get to know their local law enforcement. Do you branch out and kind of help out? Because Grand Rapids doesn't have a school anymore, unless you guys go to Grant. 
you know, head over to Grant and, and kind of do we, something we there. We do some uh, things with Grant. Uh, Grant is technically in Portage County. Right. So Portage County is the, uh, I guess, the best way to put it would be they had the primary jurisdiction at Grant School. But on any given day, you Grand guys are, you guys are, are like two minutes closest. away versus, right. you know, mm-hmm. them having a 15 minute drive. So, exactly. you know, I'm, I'm assuming that Grant school school is one of those. There's a mutual understanding of if something would happen at that school, you guys would probably be the first it, people on. Exactly. Site. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And, uh, uh, most of their, uh, training, um, that they do at Grant school, they, include us on that, whether it's their active shooter drills or their bus safety drills that they do every year. Uh, usually we get invited over to that to, to, to help out because you're absolutely right. You know, when we may be just a couple minutes away and the nearest Portage County deputy may be on the other side of the county, you know, and it may take them 20 minutes to get there. So uh, we do a lot of that with Grand School. But you also got to remember, we have River City's high school right oh, that's across right. You the do have street the high school. from our, yeah. Yep. So uh, we do uh, work very closely with the staff at River City's. Now, the other schools within the district uh, uh, don't aren't within our jurisdiction, and they have their, uh, Wisconsin Rapids has their own uh, school resource officers assigned to the different schools that they have. So we don't get involved uh they they pretty much handle that okay we we handle river cities if there's anything going on there that uh it needs a law enforcement response we obviously uh uh, would respond to that so we work very closely with river cities but we also uh getting kind of getting back to how all our agencies work together mm-hmm. and support each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times we'll have training drills at say Lincoln high school and we'll have all the agencies for even Southwood County because of something uh, traumatic would happen there. Uh, you're probably going to have all the agencies from Southwood County responding. So it's very important that we train together and and know how we want to respond to any given uh, situation that may happen at the high school or even some of the other uh, even elementary schools or uh, at, within the Wisconsin Rapids Public School District. So uh, ag- again, we all work very closely together and train together and and uh, have. Uh, that opportunity to uh, work together so that if something traumatic would happen that, uh, uh, you know, we all, we all have our roles and knows what that would be and how we would uh, respond. So. Okay. So you mentioned, you know, trainings like that. Um, Are there other trainings that you encourage your department and your officers to go through and go to um, I'm sure there's some continuing education that's beneficial to everybody and whatnot. Right. Yes. Uh, well, the state of Wisconsin uh, Training and Standards Bureau uh, requires, you know, a minimum of 24 hours uh, a year to keep your, that's just the minimum to keep your certification. We always try to go above and beyond that. Uh, there's certain things that are required, such as range, you know, shooting, and EVOC, emergency vehicle operation course, you know. So there's certain mandatory training we have to go through through the state every year. And then um, the the other training that we do, um, you know, it, it's pretty much up to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. Some of the training, like I said, that we do, we do with other agencies or con- in conjunction with other agencies so that we, in any type of given situation that we're working together, you know, we, you know, we've also trained together so that we all are 
on the same page, I guess is the best way to put it. You okay. know, is there certain conferences that you go to so that way, you know, we are a smaller area, but maybe, you know, going to a conference and learning what Wausau is doing or the Milwaukee area, the Twin Cities, you know, some of those, those larger groups, you know, to kind of see what they're doing or some of the struggles that they have. Is there a conferences right. that you guys go to to kind of learn about the, the bigger of, people? Yeah, some some of that training can be uh, in that type of, uh, uh, how do I want to say, atmosphere in a conference. Uh, with COVID, the last the la- year, yeah. you know, uh, a lot of those conferences got canceled or were dramatically cut back. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, one good example for for example, and this is for for me personally, uh, the Wisconsin Chiefs of Police Association has their annual conference, uh, midwinter conference in February down in the Dells, mm-hmm. which is Kalahari. an excellent yeah. excellent uh, training for uh, law enforcement executives, chiefs, assistant chiefs, things like that. And that is just, Uh, it's a huge conference. It is really great, well put out. Right. And really well done. I mean, the years that that we've been there, so I'm going to put that little plug in there. So the years that we've been there, (laughs) it has been really fun. I just enjoy watching all the squad cars show up because it's kind of fun just to see, you know, what's coming out with the new squat cars. Sure. You know, yeah. so that, that aspect for me is like super cool. All the new toys. Right? Yeah. I <laughs> want to know what the new toys that, you know, our local officers are going to yeah. be able to have that opportunity to, right. Right. to be able to use. Yeah. So that's always been like a fun one for me. Yeah. Well, and, and that was a lot of my personal background as yes. well, because I, I used to do the upfitting with uh, squad yeah. cars and fire trucks. So we enjoyed that part of the show and yeah. all the technology that's available to law enforcement Exactly. I mean, it's just phenomenal now that yeah. the days that we live in. Yeah. Yeah. If you would have, uh, you know, thinking back myself 40 some years ago when I first started in this career and realizing what we had back then, you know, you had a squad car with lights and a radio in it. <laughs> and now you look at a squad car and, you know, you got computer terminals and, you know, just, uh, you know, camera systems and all kinds of things in it. You know, if somebody would have told me 40 some years ago that, you know, there would be that much technology, I was, you know, I would have never believed it. And, you know, but yet here we are. So, You've got the, the same information gathering tools in your vehicle that you do in your office at yep. the station. Yeah. So you know, on your computer, looking up records and all that stuff. And the records as well seems to have really been increased and robust. So you can even get uh, photo identification mm-hmm. more readily. And Yeah. Stay tuned and come back for hour two of My Rapids Real Estate Show, where we take a deep dive into central Wisconsin real estate market and more housing-related topics.